Lord, I want to talk to you about vision, about clearly seeing, having a clear vision. Vision is important uh, because if we don't have vision, uh, sometimes we panic. Sometimes we get scared if we're not locked into what we, um, what we want to do. And, and there's a lot of fears out there. You know, there are some phobias in the world. There's, there's the fear of spiders. How many ever been messed up by that movie, Arachnophobia? I know, I just, I, I never was the same. And, and uh, if you want, you can probably rent it on VHS tape. It's that old. But <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a movie that just it scared me with spiders, and I just, I'm done with spiders. Uh, there's a fear of snakes. There's a fear of heights. There's a fear of small spaces. There's a fear of germs. Other phobias people have is being buried alive. People have a fear of being buried alive. People have a fear of zombies. I didn't even know they existed. Okay, so people are afraid of zombies. People are afraid of getting rid of old stuff. Um, I think that fear runs in my family, just getting rid of stuff, you know, and, and uh, just can't do it. And uh, a fear of clowns. Anyone afraid of clowns? Well, you know what's going to happen on your birthday. <laughs> I'm coming, Doris. <laughs> um, there is actually a fear of being without cell phone coverage. Now, I know that seems strange, but there are people who are afraid if they don't have cell phone coverage. Um, you know, you're, you're driving and, and, you know, your car breaks down and, and you just don't have coverage and you start to panic. Well, back in our day, we just waited. Someone will stop for you. So, so uh, but, you know, there are, there are different fears that we have. And it's terrible to live a life based on fear. It really is. Because if you live life based on fear, you'll never get past the moment. If you live life in fear, you'll never get past that moment because fear holds us back. Fear keeps us restrained. Fear keeps us from moving in faith. And, and you have to have stability in your life. You have to have that, that vision that keeps you going. You know, how can we be certain if, if we're so uncertain about tomorrow? How can we be confident if we're so afraid of all the things around us. And, and even in our Christian lives, we develop fears in our life. We, we're afraid. You know, sometimes, you know, you, <clears throat> you, have, you have something that just kind of, you know, doesn't sit well inside your stomach and, you know, you just kind of, oh, it just bothers you. And, you know, and also next thing you know, you're checking into the ER because you think something's wrong with you and then they tell you you got gas, right? I mean, it's just, we let things build up over and over again. And it doesn't take long until you realize that your fears will drive you out of control. Your fears will, will put you to a place where, where it is beyond your ability to even cope with life. It's, it's sad when you see people who live in fear. And um, because God does not want us to be people of fear. He wants us to be people who are confident, people who are determined, people who are steadfast, people who are steady in their vision, in their, in their desire to walk with the Lord and to be with him. So when people live by fear, they live in worry and anxiety. They live without hope. They're always filled with distractions. They're always filled with distractions. There's no joyce. There's no peace. There's no comfort. There's no direction. And there's no happiness. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because I think vision helps us keeps us from having fear. A very famous verse in Proverbs 29, 18 says, there, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
Where there is no vision, the people perish. And, and I've heard this taught to stress the importance of why we need a vision statement for uh, the church or a vision statement for our life, to, to write a personal vision statement so that we have clear direction in where we're going. I've heard this um, preach and explain how people live in chaos because they don't have a clear vision from the Lord. I've heard this quoted to condemn people um, and who are not hearing of the Lord because if you're living in all this chaos and all this stuff's happening in your life, you don't know what God has for you. You haven't seen the vision that he wants to take you or where he wants you to go. But honestly, this is probably one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible, because if we look at what the text really says, it says this, where there is no vision, the people perish, but, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Vision means word of revelation. Vision means a divine revelation, speaking um, what someone has revealed to you, speaking what someone has revealed to you. It also means, uh, perish means to allow to run wild, to leave unattended, someone to get out of, out of control and neglect. Now, when we hear the word vision, a lot of times we think of something of, you know, God is telling us, you know, this is where I want you to go, and, and this is where I'm taking you, and, and we have that divine revelation, and it is part of that. But vision is simply just someone, God, speaking to you about what he has revealed to you. Vision is just simply revealing what God wants to say to you. And it doesn't have to happen when, you know, with the, the great heavens open and, and there's this big message, you know, hey, this is what I want you to do. Sometimes it's a, a small feeling. Sometimes it's just a nudge in our heart. But vision is simply just God revealing something to you. Perish is about letting things run out of control, letting things, neglecting things and letting it run wild. One time, my wife, she was, she was so exhausted. You know, we had, we had uh, Pete who was who was two years old, and Tony, who was one years old, and, and, um, and my wife was just completely exhausted. And, and I, I was, I was a, away at working, and I told her, I said, hey, listen, just, just try to get some sleep, you know, just, just try to get some sleeps. And, oh, you don't understand, Pete, we got these boys, and they, just, they wear me out, you know, and it's just so hard. I said, I understand. So just do your best. So I come home, and I found out that she's passed out on the couch. That's great. She needs a nap. She's working hard. And what I also found out was these two little boys were running around the diapers, food everywhere. It was chaotic, toys everywhere. And you know what she did? She just built a little fence and told them, stay in there, right? And what happens when they're in there? They run wild, man. There's Cheerios all over the ceiling. I mean, it was just crazy. Chaos happens when you allow things to run wild. And this is what that verse is talking about. That if you don't have a clear revelation from the Lord, if you don't hear him clearly, things will run wild in your life. Things will get out of control in your life. Vision is the word of the Lord revealed, and the word of the Lord is vision. It's the same thing. Vision is the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord is vision. He revealed his word to us, his message, his commands, his law. And without his word in our life, things do get out of control. Without his word in our hearts, things will run wild. And that's where you get fear and, and lack of peace and anxiety. 
But God has a vision for us. It's called his word. God has a purpose for us. It's called his word. God has the ability for our lives to stop getting out of control. It's called his word. God has a purpose to help us move forward and to move past the moments of fear. It's called his word. And without his word, you will stray left or right. You will start to doubt. You will start to worry. And you will not keep on the path that he has for you. Vision is keeping you steadfast so that you don't let thoughts get out of control. An example of not having God's vision in your life is found in Exodus 32. Moses was up on the mountain, and he was getting the word of the Lord from God. He was getting the Ten Commandments. And and while he is up there, um, God, who led all of these people out of Egypt into um, the desert, and God has freed them, And now these people are being led by their leader, Moses. Well, Moses is now up on the mountain getting this revelation from the Lord, getting a vision from God as God gives him the Ten Commandments. But the people are down there on the bottom, and they are left all by themselves. And here's what it says in Exodus 32. When Moses approached the camp and he saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them into pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf that the people had made and burned it in the fire, and he ground it with powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Man, Moses was upset. Moses comes down and he sees that God has the one who led all these people out. And what do they do? They get together and they say, Aaron, we want to see our God. We want to be, we want something that we can see to represent God. And how many know you can't fit God in a calf? You can't fit God in an eagle. You can't fit God in a statue. You can't fit God because he is bigger and greater than anything you could ever imagine. That's why when Moses says, what's your name? He says, I am who I am, meaning I will be what you need me to be when you need me to be it. I am not going to be contained in an ox. I'm not going to be contained as a bird or some symbol because I'm more than that. Because I'm a God who will be compassionate. I'm a God who will discipline. I'm a God who will lead. I'm a God who will love. I'm a God who will forgive. I am all these things. And how can you put it in a calf? You can't do that. And so, so I'm trying, man. I'm trying, Ray. I'm trying. My voice. And so God, is, God says, listen, I'm, I'm just, and Moses is mad. Moses is mad and comes down and he sees these people. What are you doing? Because why? Moses was hearing from God, listening to God, getting clear vision from God. And these people were distracted. These people were not focused. You know, these people were not just continually looking towards God, wanting to hear him. And so they started saying, don't go to Aaron. Aaron, just build us a calf. Build us a calf, build us something, and they began to just celebrate and worship this idol. Moses come down, he is upset, he takes this thing, breaks it up, burns it, puts it in the water, says, you drink your God. You know, you drink it. And so he's, he's pretty upset. And then he said to Aaron, what, have you, what did these people do to you? you that led you into such great sin. Do not be angry with my Lord. My Lord Aaron answered, you know how prone these people are to evil. It's almost like two parents, right? Because when the kid acts up, it's the other parent's kid. You know, hey, get, get your boy. 
You know, look what your boy did. You know, and, and so Aaron is upset and he's, you know, hey, these people, you know these people, these people are terrible. These people are, are terrible. And so, so Aaron starts making his excuses. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. And, and this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. So I told them, whatever, you, whatever gold jewelry you have, take it off and give it. And then they gave it to me, the gold, and I threw it in the fire and this is what came out. You know, it's like, okay, you know, no one believes that, you know, <laughs> what comes out? A calf. Okay, great. And Moses, and listen to this, though, verse 25, Exodus 32, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control. Moses saw that they were running wild and Aaron let them get out of control. This is exactly what happens when we don't have vision from the Lord, when we don't have a divine revelation from the Lord. All of a sudden, our behaviors start to run wild. All of a sudden, our thoughts start to run wild. All of a sudden, our fears start to run wild and we get so caught up in the moment because we're not steadfast and steady on his word. God wants us to have a vision God wants us to have clarity, and it is his word that gives us clarity. I spoke last week about hearing God's voice, and now I want you to understand the importance of listening to the word of God, because it's the word of God that is going to keep you calm all throughout the, the uneasiness of life. You know, as my son has finished up his first year at college, there was a lot of bumps, there was a lot of up and downs, but it was the word that keeps you steady. I remember as a young man going to college myself and, and all of a sudden you get caught up in all the new activities and the fun and, and you're, just, you're just having a good time and you neglect the word of God in your life. And, you know, because I'm at Bible college, I, I, go, to, I go to all these Bible college classes and I hear preaching every day and all this, but I started to neglect the word of God in my life and all of a sudden my thoughts start to run wild, my behavior starts to get out of control and God finally says, listen if you really want to have vision Pete you got to get back in my word and and it was halfway through this the year that I finally figured out I need his word his word to keep me calm and just like when when we go through trials and tribulations Things aren't pretty, things aren't fun, things aren't always easy, but when you allow God's word to settle you, you become stable. And that's the clarity of vision. That's the clarity of knowing that God is speaking to you, revealing things to you, and you're listening, and you're holding on to that. You know, I was, I was just even cutting the grass yesterday, and, and uh, as I was cutting the grass and just praying, I just I started thinking, man, God, we need so much done for our church. We need so much done. And I just started to add up some figures in my, in my mind, thinking about the roof and the windows and the steps and all this stuff. You know, I just, just dollar signs just kept ching, 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 ching. And I just started thinking about it. And, and I got to the point where I said, God, we just need, we just need so much. We need so much. We need so much, God. And God just began to whisper to me, when have I ever failed you? When have I ever failed you? And then he said this. He said this. He says, why are you limited by what you see? Why do you limit yourself by what you see and what you think and what you feel? Because I'm not limited by those things. Man, cutting the grass. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's go. 
right? Because what happened was my thoughts started to get wild. My mind started to be distracted by the, the roof and the windows and, the, and then the situation of our church building. My mind started going crazy. But when God began to reveal his word to me, all of a sudden I became steadfast and I became faithful and hopeful and joyful knowing that there is more beyond than what I see, what I think, and what I feel. And if you don't let God's word steadfast you, if you don't let God's word change you, you will always be distracted by your sight, your feelings, your thoughts, your experience. That's why God wants you to cling to his word. I'll show you a great example of this in 1 Samuel. If you have your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to talk about the little boy Samuel here. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And listen to what it says. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There are not many visions. Wait a minute. There was a priesthood established. There were people who ministered before the Lord, and yet the Bible says that the word of the Lord was rare. And it wasn't because God wasn't trying to communicate to his people. It wasn't because God was just ignoring them and leaving them be. No, it was because people were not clearly listening to what he revealed. And here's the thing too. You don't always have to have a divine revelation in order to know what God says, because this is the way I, I treat God's word. When God gives me a specific direction, I don't turn to the left or right until it's time to turn. It's kind of like when you're on the back roads. I remember last 4th of July, uh, a couple 4th of Julys ago, we were up at, at family camp or a couple years ago, and we just went up for the day. And, um, and so we're up there and we're coming back and we're coming back and we leave about, about, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And I know that we're not going to be back until two or, or so in the morning. And so, so it's a late night, you know, and we're all jammed in this, this car and we're heading back. And as we're getting ready to turn on highway 15, it's closed because of construction. And so, you know, that, that cursed sign, that orange one that says detour, it was right there. I hate that sign, detour. And it says detour this way. And I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm driving all of my way out of my way to get to Highway 15. And, and then it said to turn here. And it went that, it, you know, and it pointed south. And so I started to go south on this back road. And we were going for miles and miles and miles to the point where I started to lose faith in that little sign. You know, did they forget about us? Did, did they just put this detour here just to drive people crazy? What is going on? And I just kept driving. I kept asking my wife, and she's trying to sleep. And I'm like, where are we going? I don't know where we're at. She says, Pete, just, just keep driving. What do you mean keep driving? I don't see any orange signs. And we went like 15 miles, and then this little orange side this way, you know, this little orange sign, this way, keep going. And you know what? For us, sometimes we want signs, every single post, every single marker. We want signs. God, 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 God. And God says, listen, just do what I say. Keep going in that direction. Keep going. Because when it's time to turn, I'll let you know. When it's time to do something, I'll let you know. 
And that's why you got to hold on to God's word. And if God says, I want you to do this, I want you to, to, to go this direction, I want you to be here, I want you to work there, I want you to go to school there, wherever, you stay put until the sign comes up. That's clearly having a vision of the Lord. Now, there's going to be times when you're driving, you're thinking, man, where is that sign? Just stay focused. Because here's the great thing. God loves you enough that he will come and help you if, you, if you're getting a little worried. He'll come help you. And, and how do I know this? Paul was, was being accused of some bad things. And so they arrested Paul and, and they accused him of some things. And, and so here's Paul and he's a little worried. And Jesus comes to him. And we know it's Jesus because in my Bible it's red lettered, okay? So Jesus comes to him. He says, Paul, don't worry. These people aren't going to harm you. Because just like you're testifying to me here I'm going to send you to Rome, and you're going to testify me to Rome, in Rome. So, so just hang on, Paul. So Paul, you know, okay, good. Man, Jesus spoke to me. I saw it. It was red-lettered. I know, Jesus, yes. Well, what happens? Paul gets thrown into prison, and he's there for years and years. People try to assassinate him. has to get his nephew to go and save his life, you know, and his nephew tells the commander, sneaks him out. He goes on this, he goes on this, this ship, and they're heading out, and he, and he knows that they're not supposed to be going out because this isn't a good time, and they get caught, and they, they, they get to this storm. This storm is about ready to just destroy all of this boat, and the Bible says that they were all afraid, and then God says to, God, Jesus says to an angel, he says, uh, you, come here, come here, and he tells this angel, come here, you go down there and you tell Paul what I said. And so the angel says, okay. He comes, hey, Paul, do not be afraid. You're going to go to Rome. You see, Jesus will send help if we need it to remind us because Jesus told Paul, but Paul got afraid. And when Paul was at that moment, Jesus sends an angel, says, go remind him of my word. Go tell him that it's still true. And see, we have to just hang on to God's word, no matter what we see, feel, think, or experience. So in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Eli was the priest who was over, over Samuel. And, uh, you know, Samuel got there because his mother wanted a child so bad, and she would go there, and she would pray, and she would pray quietly to the point where Eli couldn't hear nothing. He thought she was just being insane or drunk. And she, he's, she's like, no, no, I really, really, really need a praying for a son. And, and Eli says, go ahead, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be granted your request. And, and so she becomes pregnant and she dedicates Samuel to the temple. So, so Samuel's living at the temple. And the Bible says in verse 7, Samuel did not know the, yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Earlier, it says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. But now in verse 7, it says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So then finally, you remember the story. Samuel. Samuel gets up. He goes, Eli, Eli, what did you want? Huh? I I didn't call you. Go back to bed, boy. What's wrong with that kid? Man, why did she bring him here to my temple? You know? Oh, you know, then goes back to bed. Samuel. Eli, what do you want? I didn't want nothing. Leave me alone. Just go to bed. Man, that kid must have eaten some pepperoni pizza or something. I don't know. What's wrong with that boy? So finally, the third time, you know, Samuel, Eli realizes, wait a minute. 
God's talking to him. So he says, you go back, and when, when you hear your name again, you say, here I am, Lord. What do you want? I'm listening. And so Samuel began to hear the Lord. And here's what's cool. Look at verse 10. It says this. The Lord came and stood there calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. The Lord continues to appear. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. This is such a beautiful story here. Because you know, here Samuel is hearing a voice. Is hearing a voice. But what does the Bible say? The Lord came and stood there. The Lord himself came down and said, Samuel, Samuel. God was there. And he was there and he started to reveal himself through his word. I, wanna, I want you to know that you can have clear vision from God as long as you hold on to his word, as long as you allow his word to speak to you, as long as you allow his word to keep you steadfast and steady. Jesus desires to reveal his word to his disciples. John 17, 6, I have revealed to you um, those whom you've given me and out of the world, they are yours, you've given them to me and they have obeyed your word. Jesus, um, speaking in John 14, says that the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. My words, his words are so important. I just want you to just bring that. I'm going to bring this to a close this morning. And I want you to know this, that where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, when you don't hear clearly what the word of the Lord is speaking to you, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your fears, all of those things are going to run wild. But God will steady you if you hold on to his word and believe that his word will never fail. I'm telling you, people have lied to me all the time. People come up to me and say, oh, that's a good message today. I know you're lying. I didn't even like it. What are you talking about? People say, hey, you look sharp. No, I don't. I look round. Knock it off. You know? I mean, people lie to me all the time, but I want to tell you that God's word has never lied. God's word has never failed. And God's word will continue to be steadfast. And all we have to do is hold on. All we have to do is cling and just keep it and allow our thoughts to be shaped by what we know not what we see, by what we believe, not what we think. And God will keep you steadfast. And then the reverse of this will happen. Because you have vision, you will be solid. You will be steady and you will seek me. And what does the Bible say? That when you seek me, you'll find me. I know we get upset, we get worried. All of us do. We have a trip coming up. I'm worried that we're not going to have enough food on the way there. We went to Disney one time. <laughs> Just a little story. We went to Disney one time, and we were so excited. We packed everything up, and we rationed it out. We had bags for the day. You know, and we had these eight bags of monster cookies that were supposed to last us there, back, and some in between. I think we hit Iowa, and all the cookies were gone, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> True, there's no lie there, you know, like back crumbs everywhere. What's for lunch, you know? 
I get worried about things, you know. I worry about things. I worry about church. I worry about all those things. And those things are natural. We're human. But what it does is it forces me to get back to his word and say, God, what did you say? Not what I think, not what I feel. What did you say? And I want you to know that you can hold on to his word and he will never fail you. When the Bible says that he is for you and not against you, you better believe it. When he says that he will work out even the bad things into something good, you better believe it. Hold on to his word.